0: We are back with another episode, ladies and gentlemen. Um, just want to say thank you guys f- for all the support. If you haven't heard, we have a YouTube page. No, we don't, we don't have a YouTube page. What am I talking about? Soon. Not yet. We will have a YouTube page soon. I'm sorry. Long week. Coming off the national championship last night. I'm tired. Masters week. It's a long week. Um, we have an Instagram page and a Twitter page. There we go. Uh, Go follow those, C-Z-I-N-D-R-I-V-E on both of those pages. Go follow them. Go run it up. We're going to be posting clips uh, and just little snippets of the pod there, little details. Um, I want to first and foremost start by saying I'm happy to be a Duke fan. And I know people are like already sh- turning off their phones right now and exiting out of the podcast by me here. So I just need to say this. I'm the only Duke fan a lot of you people know. And it makes me happy that when we lose, I'm the first people in your minds that you need to text, that you need to call, all that stuff. I just want you to know I love it. It it fills me up with joy, so don't ever stop doing it. Uh, No, but for real, um, thank you, Coach K. Thank you for all the memories. I'm going to miss it. Only Duke basketball coach I've ever known looking forward to the John Shire era it was a tough loss on Saturday can't sugarcoat it um things just didn't go our way and now Carolina will have that over us forever which is very hard to take but I'm proud of this team it was a fun year I love a lot of those guys on that team so can't complain okay now that that's out of the way it's Case Hartman and I wanted to bring him on this week to talk a little bit about the Masters which is always one of my favorite events on the sports calendar. And I thought it was perfect, you know, being the golf aficionado that he is to bring him on. So he's going to get into that. He's going to get into his life uh, with golf and also tennis, which we share a lot of memories with. It was super fun. He's great. He's doing great things still with the game of golf, which I think a lot of you guys will be surprised to hear. So without further ado, Case Hartman on Indiana Drive. Welcome in, everybody, to Indiana Drive with Caleb Zuber and friends. I'm Caleb Zuver, and today I thought there was only one guy that could join me in the whole wide world, considering that it's Masters Week, uh, one of my favorite weeks of the year. And if you're a golf fan, one of your favorite weeks of the year, too. There's one guy that I thought I had to bring on. And that's Case Hartman, who we're going to jump into his story in a little bit. But first off, Case, how's everything going? Kind of introduce yourself to everybody out there.
1: Uh, for those of you that don't know me, I went to high school with Caleb. Um, I go to Ohio State now. I'm a sophomore. And uh, growing up, uh, Caleb and I played some sports together. And and uh, we just, I guess, became friends ever since a young age. <laughs> a little junior Bears baseball I think, is where it all started. Yep.
0: We'll, we'll jump into that. Can't wait to, to hash it up about some junior Bears memories, some Brian Tennis memories. I hope Coach Owens and Coach Keel are listening, but uh, we'll, we'll make sure that happens. So shout out to them right off the bat. Let's jump into it, Case. Let's just go right in here because uh, I want to get your thoughts on this as someone who, like me, I'm, I'm not entrenched in golf fandom. I, I watch all four majors out of the year. And you know, I'll tune into a little Ryder Cup here and there, uh, you know, that, that kind of thing, kind of the big events, right? So looking at this Masters, before we get into the storyline that intrigues me, which is Tiger Woods playing, give me some guys who are playing hot right now, going in, and kind of a sleeper golfer for you going into this tournament that, that you think can win.
1: Uh, obviously, I think for those who, who have followed golf this year, scotty scheffler just became number one in the world he won three of his last five starts uh that include the match play i think the the phoenix or the waste management open i forget the other one but i mean obviously he's hot right now but that could also be a reason why i don't think he might win the masters because he's won so many he got his wins out early some say but um also i like uh i'll tell you how about this i'll tell you who i like this week and who i don't like yeah, um, I like uh, my number one favorite. My my pick to win the tournament was Justin Thomas. I think he's playing great golf right now, and he's just bound to break through at Augusta. He's mm-hmm. been so close so many times. Um, my second pick is is my guy, my favorite guy now, Brooks Koepka. I think okay. he just dominates majors, yeah. and it's a major. And he and last I think last year he played coming off a of knee surgery. He couldn't even bend down to to, mm-hmm. to read a putt. I that. So I think I like Brooks Koepka a lot. Just because he's one of my favorites and it's a major so you can't really count him out Um, the third guy i like is cameron smith out of australia the aussie
0: okay
1: i think he just won the players not too long ago and i and uh what a little fact i like to say about cameron smith he's the only player ever at augusta to shoot all four rounds in the 60s and i and i think if you can do that he's going to be consistent throughout the tournament i think he can make a late run and then my last favorite is it's got to be John Rahm? I think I think there's a stat somewhere where he's been top twenty in his last twelve majors or somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. Maybe he finished outside once, but he's always gonna. He's number two in the world, I think, is what it is. Now Scotty's number one, and I think John Rahm is just just dominates golf. Yeah, un, un understandably well.
0: Right. So you brought up Scotty Scheffler and you said he's the hottest player going in. And I want to ask you, because I think a lot of people, when they look at golf and they try to predict these things, they do look at who's hot going into a certain tournament. And you kind of brought up both sides of it, where you could take that as, you know, something that you want to uh, bet on, someone being hot, but also yeah. like they got the wins out of the way. So where do you, where do you lie on that spectrum? Like what, what's your perspective on that?
1: Uh... I, uh, if I were a bet man, I'm not. But if I were, I would say let's would be shy, careful here. I would, <laughs> not I would shy away man. from uh, from Scotty Sheffield this week. But yeah. the, I mean, it's not gambling advice. But right, right, right. I, I just don't like I just don't like it that he that he's won so much. It's so hard to win. Let's say four. Like even if, even though he won three of his last five, mm-hmm. just it's a, it would be crazy hard to win four of your last six yeah. starts. But I don't I don't I'm like shying away from him. I mean, I'm sure he'll fare well, but I just, I just think someone else found it through. Yeah, for sure.
0: So, okay, let's let's talk about someone who every average golf fan is talking about. It's Tiger Woods. He comes off the car crash, and now all of a sudden he's going to drop himself into Augusta. And the reports today were, you know, he told reporters today that he's going to try and play. He thinks he can win. Right. Um. What do you make of this whole situation that he's just – and, you know, he knows that course better than anyone, Case. I mean, that's how he burst onto the scene. He's had some legendary moments there, and he just won it, I mean, three years ago. But he's coming off this car crash, and, you know, his body really at the end, it feels like, is deteriorating. And, like, what do you make of all this, and does he actually have a shot?
1: I mean – I cannot say – I can't not say that Tiger Woods yeah. doesn't have a shot at, at Augusta. You're right, yeah. But I think it's a far shot. He I don't know. He's, he hasn't played any competitive golf in the last, what is it, eight months or something. Mm-hmm. I think he hasn't been to Augusta in 17 months. Is that what it was? Yeah. I just read that somewhere maybe today. But, I mean, you're right. Like he knows the course, like the back of his hand. He knows what to do here and there. And the people are saying that he's looking great in, in, in these practice rounds that we I'm just I'm pretty saw. sure Fred
0: Couples said, like, he looks great or something like right. that. Like, they're, yeah. bat, they're
1: coming to bat for him. And uh, if if uh, Tiger is – if Tiger says that he thinks he can win, which I told I was talking to you earlier, I, and I, he – I don't think you're supposed to say, I don't think I can win. But if Tiger says he thinks he can win, I think obviously there's a shot mm-hmm. there. Yeah. So I would uh, – I – I mean so many people are gonna i think this will be a uh if, like i told you earlier if tiger makes the cut i think this will be like one of the most watched masters yeah and people will just be so intrigued into it and it's hopefully it's gonna be a good tournament too. those
0: shots from the practice round were just incredible that people are yeah. treating it yeah. like a sunday uh, down at amen corner like i mean it's just yeah. it's just incredible the the grip he has on the sport and and there's no doubt like when he's in a contention on a Saturday and Sunday it does make the sport better so right. so that'll be so that'll be really interesting to see um what do you what shot do you give Matsuyama to repeat uh do, do you think uh, that
1: happens Matsuyama I mean it's it's tough for any tournament to win yeah. a back a repeat winner back-to-back years I think Hideki was saying that he, he had a little neck problem like he withdrew last week with a neck problem and uh, It's tough to compete. I mean, he might, he might. I mean, I'm sure he'll he'll push for for Mm -hmm. a victory, but I don't know. I don't I don't like him this week. But the repeat winner is tough. Winners are are very rare. You never see a repeat winner. I think, especially in back to back years. Yeah. So, I think the last person to do it is Tiger.
0: Yeah. Which was a long. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I I uh, I think it's it's gonna be tough, but obviously he proved that he could he could win last year. Never know though. You never know
0: with golf, right? Uh, the other the other big thing happening this week, and I was looking over today what we were going to talk about, and I forgot to tell you this even in where we were talking before that I wanted to talk about this. But this is something you and I talk about a lot is MLB Opening Day is this week, so I know. so it, it might I, on Thursday it begins. Um, I want to get your thoughts on the lockout as a fan from a fan perspective. I had Matt Whistler on here a couple months ago, we got it from the player perspective, which was pretty cool and rare, but as a fan, because for me, it was kind of, all of it was kind of just exhausting. I, it was so frustrating that it just tuned me out. What were your thoughts on the whole deal?
1: I, I honestly agree with you. I was, uh, I wasn't looking real deep into it. Although I like, yeah. I like watching uh, my guardians now, yeah. but, uh, I like, I, uh, I wasn't looking into it, but I knew that deep down inside there was always going to be, there was going to be baseball this summer. And we all know that. So, um, I guess what is it? It was the first two series were suspended yeah. and I just figured I was, I kind of just brushed it off and right. we're was really excited to, to, to play here here Thursday.
0: Right. So you're, First of all, first question: When it comes to your team, the Guardians, have you gotten used to that name yet? Okay, in calling them that. And the second question is your outlook on them this season. Because I know we've talked a little bit about them, uh, right. but your your first, you know, have you gotten used to the name and, and your outlook?
1: Yeah, I uh, sometimes I, I I slip and I hear myself <laughs> calling them the Tribe or the Indians, yeah. but I, if I think about it, I'll say the Guardians and right and. Um, what a, My outlook on the team is if our pitching, obviously, our, you know our pitching mm-hmm. is, is where it's at. And if our pitchers stay healthy, I think uh, we could make a run for a wild card because I don't think either your team or mine is going to catch the White Sox wow. this year.
0: It, it That's but, the thing, which is crazy to right. think about, though, that now it's the White Sox, who for all when we were growing up, they were you know, at <laughs> the bottom were, every
1: year. They bottom of the barrel. Yeah. yeah. So
0: just kind of crazy how it all works out like that. Um, yeah do you have any more thoughts on that just kind of
1: uh and then if obviously if jose ramirez just keeps yeah. doing what he does i think i think we'll be all right but hopefully we can get some uh i, I felt like we needed to add a like a big bat in the offseason sure. we just never did we didn't add anybody and and uh so it might i feel like it might be deja vu from last year because yeah that's we were we were 500 team and and uh, we won some big games and lost some yeah. some easy ones. Almost right. is what I have to say, but yeah. But also, it's it's mostly the pitching that just needs to stay healthy, right? To, to where we thrive.
0: Um, so, your look your outlook on the league as a whole going into this year is there anybody that you're looking at, um, you know, that you think is going to win it all? They're saying the Dodgers, okay, have one of the best lineups them. ever, and like, geez, are we? You know, I mean, I, I don't know what to think of
1: I feel the same about the LA Dodgers as I do about Gonzaga every year in the, wow. in the tournament. I just Mickey don't Mouse like ring, they, huh? They uh, <laughs> they like choke in the playoffs, or they always have a great regular season. They always, I feel like they're always at like a hundred and five wins. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, I mean, last year they uh, made it to the World Series, but or no, they lost the Braves. NLCS, yeah, yeah, but I just. I just feel like they, I mean, they even so with much, Freddie, much they had all these stars, all yeah. Freddie Freeman, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I, I like the, uh, also you and I kind of got this kick last year. Where we liked the Yankees <laughs> towards in the playoffs. I, I'm I'm
0: and not, I'm this year. I might hop off
1: the bandwagon. I'm not sold on the Yankees. Man. I know, but I, I kind of like Aaron judge this year because uh, he's going to need, this is his final year of his rookie deal or yeah. whatever. And he's going to want the bag. He's going to want that money. <laughs> So I think he might play and uh, he might either go crazy or or, kind of just fall off. But I like I like the Yankees this year to make a run and you can't always count them out, I guess. Well,
0: speaking of uh, the Yankees, their rival, the Red Sox, my rule on the Red Sox every year is if they have a great year, they immediately follow it up with a bad one. So uh, am yeah. that's the only prediction I'm gonna make about <laughs> baseball this year is that the Red Sox are gonna be bottom two in their division. And they're not gonna I be think, that good. Even I with I the think good roster.
1: The Blue Jays could push for yeah. that division too. Yeah, that's they easy. could. So
0: they 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 kinda were close last year. And I yeah, absolutely. Um yeah. so let's let's move to this as we kind of wrap up some sports here. Um I wanna talk about the Saints. You're the only Saints fan in this area. Right. Uh, You're the only Saints fan I know. It's not a team that is well represented around Northwest Ohio. Um, I want to get your thoughts on this trade they made yesterday, um, which I thought was just super fascinating because it was just draft picks. Right. And Uh, yeah, Yeah. and I thought it was super interesting because it gave you a great kind of picture of where the Eagles and the Saints are at with their teams uh, so the Saints got the number 16 pick, the number 19 pick, and number 194 from Philly. And the Eagles got number 18, number 101, number 237, a 2023 first round, and a 2024 second round. So it, it's a classic case of one team uh, trading for the right now and another team getting yeah. trading for the future. So that they kind of just swapped their first round picks and then gave them another first round. But, but your thoughts on it because it clearly sends the message that the Saints believe we have right. a chance to compete this year. Your thoughts?
1: Uh, first thing I did, I got the tweet notification from Schefter and I called my dad right away and I yeah. and I talked. To I told him a tweet and, or I told him about it and I, we both agreed on the same thing about how. We were going to use th- these two first round picks if we have to use it on a receiver and uh i would say the first one on a receiver and who i want really bad is garrett wilson obviously yeah, sure but yeah. um the second uh it's got to be an offensive tackle because we just lost Tyrone Armstead to the dolphins mm-hmm. he just left their free agency and, and we need a spot to fill there and um and this just proves that us as an organization we believe in jamis we think he he yeah. can suffice just to get us by and our defense, obviously, top five in the NFL. Some say even top three. So, I think with the stellar defense and I have a new coach, Dennis Allen, defensive-minded guy. Mm-hmm. I think um, we can uh, thrive a little bit. Try to get by with Jameis and, and live by the D. And with these new draft picks, I think uh, we're going to try to push for a wild card spot. Even try to uh, come back for Brady and the Bucks. Yeah,
0: I I think you know you. It's really interesting because I absolutely think there's nothing wrong with running it back with Jameis because we didn't really get a full taste of what he could have been with that injury towards the end of the season there. But, I mean, he had you guys in a great position. You guys were right there uh, Mm -hmm. for most of the season. And especially in that division, I know you have Brady, but the Falcons are not going to be good. The Panthers are probably not going to be good. So you're going to be second. And we know when you guys play the Buccaneers that, you know, you guys give them everything they want every single time. Every time, So. That I mean, you can't put it out of the question there, and you have a lot of playmakers. I'm hoping Alvin Kamara can have a kind of a bounce back here. He was all right for some of the year last year, but I think yeah. getting him involved more will help. Um, I think
1: Michael Thomas is healthy this yes. year too. I think he could be a, he could be a stud with Jameis.
0: And and that's what people forget: Michael Thomas out all of last year, he didn't even play. Yeah. and it's so things do look kind of promising in the Saints. I want to get your thoughts on this from the Saints' perspective, though. Because as a as a NFL fan of another team, I just don't. How do they get around the cap restrictions that they like? I I don't. I know you you can't answer that because you're a fan too. But it is mind boggling how every single from a team that has the most cap room every year yeah. in the Colts, the Saints somehow every year spend 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 and get around it. I I,
1: can't, I don't know what. I swear, when we go into the into the free agency up. Are down seventy million in cap, and and then you get I I'm a I'm an avid avid Twitter Twitter user like right. you, and yeah. I get these notifications: Saints restructure Alvin Kamara's contract, restructure Michael Thomas contract, restructure Ryan Ramcheck contract, and then we lose a couple guys in free agency who are, who are big names, and all of a sudden I look and we're fifth in cap space, <laughs> and hopefully I saw Tyron Matthew was uh, yeah he was the visiting same today. Day. Hopefully, hopefully, we can sign. Yeah, that'd be but amazing. I don't know how. I don't know how. It's uh, it's uh, Mickey Loomis working yeah. working numbers.
0: Right. Uh, last sports thoughts here before we take a little break and move into your discussion case. Want to get your thoughts on the NCAA tournament as a whole. Just some quick thoughts there. Ended last night. We're recording this on Tuesday. Ended last night with North Carolina falling to Kansas in the final. Um. It was pretty fun I you know we really didn't see a buzzer beater right which was nuts to me I was waiting <laughs> for it all tournament didn't happen uh, but it was a pretty fun tournament um, it was good to have it back I felt like
1: oh yeah easily and obviously you would filling out your bracket you're so zoned in on on round of 64 round of 32 and uh, my pick to win it all was Tennessee. I thought they were yeah. hot coming out the SEC championship, but they got bounced early by Michigan. And uh, I kind of just zoned out of my bracket. I didn't really care about my bracket. And I ended up just watching the games. And it's yeah. just so special just to see like the St. Peter's run or Jaden Ivey against Texas was is insane what he yeah. does. He's such a special player and all these guys. And obviously, your your uh, your squad, Duke, making a run yeah. late or yeah. making a deep run, and it's just it's just awesome. I we always everyone says this. It's the best playoffs in all the sports, and you can't really argue with what oh you've God. seen every year after year. You just see these new things, and it's just so awesome to see, just like like the Cinderella teams and and all these upsets that that occur, and these deep runs, but. Mm-hmm. It was – and last night, 15-point lead at half, I think, is what UNC had. And, yeah. And uh, it just – Kansas just chipped away the whole time. It's just awesome. This The playoff college basketball is wild. It, it's – uh, yeah. I think I saw Colin Cowherd say that all these NBA players are missing yeah. games and these college these guys, care, they wouldn't miss a game if it was their uh, – the national championship yeah game. That's what Armando Bear, or Baycott did mm-hmm. the last night because he was on a bummed ankle. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's just it's just awesome these grit the college kids show and and uh, it's just I, it's always the best the best playoff in all of sports.
0: You see something new every single year. I think the one game scenario where anything can happen. Right? Uh, it, it's not always I in a lot of years it's not always representative of who, of who the best team is. But it's just gosh dang entertaining every single time.
1: I agree. It year doesn't after year, matter. In and out.
0: So, and it was really fun, and just kind of have it back to normal where you had all the different locations, and rather right. than just in one place and you had all, all the fans there, it was really fun. Um, when we come back, I'm gonna jump into a little discussion about Case Hartman, his life up to this point, his sports life. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Indiana Drive, ladies and gentlemen. Case Hartman here with me. Uh, I'm glad we're doing this. We're going to get this released before the Masters tees off on Thursday. Um, but Case, you, you and I were just talking uh, during the break. You you want to speak on these Ohio State fans a little bit uh, because a lot of people are upset with Chris Holtman right now uh, about the job he did. You know this year and in the past couple of years but you and I are kind of the same page when it's like you know he's not doing that bad of a job he's pretty much on par for the course of what Ohio State basketball should be and a lot of people are coming for his next your your thoughts on that
1: right so I told you during the break that uh we were talking ended up with March Madness and ended up going straight into this and all these Ohio State fans are so delusional about about the basketball program as a whole and and we talked about football too, but as basketball, people think that they it has to live up to the football program standards, and I just don't think that's that's true. Because uh, you look at Alabama, their basketball team is good, but I don't think their fans are into it as much as the football guys mm-hmm. or the football fan, football yeah. team. But these Ohio State fans think that they have to do so; they have to go up. I go compete with the football program and I just don't think that's true and and we were talking that Ohio State basketball has always been a an eight a 20 win eight loss yeah. team at best almost and uh and Holtman's done he's had 20 wins every single year he's been at Ohio State and people just expect so much out of him and they were saying like oh he he should be fired if he doesn't make the sweet 16 this year but I told you like how are you going to compete with with uh, Villanova when right. when they're knocking shots down and, and they're they're hitting big threes stuff like that? You just it's so hard to compete with with these basketball programs that uh, that aren't that they focus on basketball. I would say right. they focus on that's their main. They're a basketball school. I would say.
0: And that's what I was saying. Like, uh, yeah, I was just saying like. Ohio State puts all their money into football because that's what they're best at, and there's nothing wrong with that. But you can't expect the basketball team to be on that same level. Uh, you right. got you got to take you got to take a little cut there. And being what they were, which was like hovering around 20 in the AP poll all year, uh, pretty yeah. good Big Ten team, beat some teams, and th- th- that's what they are. That's what that program should be. They should make right. some runs, but you know, that to me, that's what they are. And and, and the last thing I'll say about it is, I remember. You, and you remember this when everybody wanted C.J. Stroud benched yeah. you know, after that Oregon game when, when yeah, the defense it was, it gave up wild. and I still go back to that all the time
1: <laughs> and and just sitting there in, in the student section and my roommate Nate I, most of you guys know Nate he he was a quarterback in high school and he knows yeah. he knows yeah. the stuff about the game and people are saying all this stuff about C.J. Stroud how he's so bad and He's benched for because he threw a late pick in an oregon game where the defense gave up 35 points yeah and and it just it just baffles me how how much these spans they want fans
0: perfection expect. yeah yeah <laughs> but,
1: yeah uh but yeah
0: so let's move into this case um we'll talk about you a little bit here um I want you to speak on kind of your journey because I've had a couple of people on here that have had a kind of a selection process with their you know relationship with sports. They had a lot of trials and tribulations with different different sports and some worked, some didn't. You're someone right. like that. You tried the three, you know, tell me if there's more. But the three sports were baseball, basketball and cross country that you ended up not, you know, continuing, but you did right. do them. And you kind of settled in in your high school career on golf and tennis and i want to know for you what that was like and we can start before high school for you you know playing on a really good little league baseball team playing playing on was yeah yeah go ahead Uh, well i was gonna say and also playing on a travel basketball team with us um and then cross country we had a fun team there and then just figuring out like what worked for you what didn't, and kind of prioritizing your decisions. What, what, what was that like?
1: So, I mean, growing up, I played a, I played almost every sport. We, I mean, I played football in fifth grade. I played, played, football, played yeah. basketball yeah. up until sixth grade. Um, and then we got to junior high, ran cross country. And and baseball, I started, I don't know, how, how young were we? Seven or yeah. eight until when we started. And, uh-huh. and we had a great squad, like such so many good players and good coaches, good team. So it's like so much morale around that and uh growing up just I'll, I'll start like through each sport through yeah, baseball go ahead. we got it we were so good all throughout little league and then we got to 7th and 8th grade and, and we still continue to dominate teams and and uh, getting into the it was my so junior acme my freshman year was it was my last season of baseball because i just there were, I was like a small, I was a small guy and I didn't have much, I was tall, but I didn't have much strength on me and, and they were throwing me at third base and I mean I could, I could make the plays, I could, but it was just like the throws across could have been yeah. better and, and stuff like that and my arms started to hurt a little bit and I just, I didn't, wasn't enjoying it like I was when I was little, mm-hmm. we, I enjoyed that when I was little because it was so much fun, all the, all the, all the players and we had to com- convene with the guys ahead of us, the great ahead of us. Yeah. And, I feel like it, it broke a little chemistry, and just with the with the baseball thing, I just I was just wasn't having fun with it. And if you're not having fun with anything, why why you stick yeah. around with it? But um, and then so and then cross country. About ba- I'll, talk, I'll talk basketball actually. So yeah, well. basketball, we had we had the travel team up until sixth grade and fun team. Like I just said, I, I was a taller guy, but I didn't have any size. I was getting bullied down low. I would say, <laughs> and uh, I didn't have a jump shot or anything like that. You do, now, do you
0: do now though. You do now though. Like, it came a little yeah. late
1: but Yeah. I developed a little size, hit a little puberty and, and uh, <laughs> look what happens. But yeah, it's just I just wasn't I wasn't having fun with it. I wasn't having yeah. fun with the basketball because I was I wasn't succeeding as well as I was I guess that's the way to put it, I wasn't succeeding as well. And then uh well cross country came along in junior high. That's that's what I did in junior high and baseball in the spring, but yeah. Cross country came around, and that was that was we had a bunch of guys that we knew, like uh-huh. you, uh, Brooks, Owen, Cox was in there, yeah. Meyer, like we were all good friends, and and um, and we uh, I mean, it was a good time, I think, after school. I, I enjoyed, like, as I enjoyed running, but not so much, yeah, I enjoyed the, the right. continue but uh. And then it come eighth grade year, I think I broke my arm halfway through the right. season. And I was had a cast up to my shoulder and I couldn't do anything. And I was just sitting there and and uh, <laughs> we got it to the end of the eighth grade. But I knew after eighth grade cross country that in the fall I was gonna, or the next fall I was going to continue into golf because when I was, ever since I was little, I would just go out with my dad and we would play at Orchard Hills back in the day. And uh, that, was, that was where, where it all started I think is what I would say yeah it was just continually like, continuously getting better and it was crossing off the check marks like the, the first round of or my first birdie ever or even starting with my first par ever like it was it was things like that that uh that just propelled me into that uh golf world I guess right
0: and so you start that journey with golf and um I want to know like what was that like? Because I only asked that because you were we were just talking about how in a lot of those sports you played, the guys you did it with kind of made, you know, right. everything yeah. so special. But when you're growing up before high school where you're on a team, that's something you're doing by yourself or with your dad or whatever. Yeah. So How did you balance that and how did you find the enjoyment? How did you learn to love the grind by yourself rather than with a lot of the guys, you know, that, that you grew up with?
1: So, uh, I would say back at, so I think I was sixth through eighth grade. It was just orchard Hills probably once or twice a week. Mm -hmm. I'd go out with my dad and then my uncle Greg would come sometimes. Shout out
0: Greg Hartman. Yes.
1: Yeah. And then, uh, (laughs) uh, coach James, Nathan James would come and, and uh, they they were they were like the guys I was super skinny like I said and I yeah. wasn't hitting it that far and then it kind of like the the next year would come around and and I'd start catching up with them I would say and uh and it was just that like I can compete with I'm 12 13 years old and I can compete with these older guys and it, it was it was enjoyable to me and then I think I don't know how old I was but I had my first ever round, or my round was 40, 45 is what I shot on the back nine at, at Orchard Hills, mm-hmm. and I just I just thought, man, that was fun. know yeah. that was fun just to be, and uh, and then it came around. I don't know how long ago after that was, I I beat my dad for the first time, and he goes, I think I remember him saying it. He goes, "It's all downhill from here yeah. for me," because he's like, "I'll never come back from that." But he right. Uh, that's where it was, and I, and I, I just started and enjoyed that. Like I knew I could, I could compete with people. Yeah. And then I, I came into, I think I, I com- submitted into like a little junior local tournament just to see what the tournament atmosphere was like. And the first hole, I think I took a nine on it, because <laughs> I, I was yeah. like nervous. My heart was beating. I was so nervous. Yeah. And uh, and it just continued, and then it, and then I competed in a little more local tournaments. And there was one time, I think I shot a, a 98, I never forget, I shot a 98 and I got third place. I got a little medal. And uh, and then the next year came around and I was like, I want, I want to do that again. Like you, it just, uh, there's a winning side of me. I'm a real competitive guy and there's a winning side of me that I just, I just want to go out and compete with the, with mm. these uh, local kids, I guess. And um, it continued and, and that that's, I don't want to be, I want to try to stay humble, but that's like where my dominance started yeah in the sport because there wasn't that many good golfers in the area yeah so and then they, they came into that was like eighth grade seventh grade year in that summer and and i was i was looking real forward to summer or the freshman year of golf right I, I played with shirky and i played with peyton in the summer just to like get, get a feel like what the, what they are like that's how i became good friends with them yeah for the golf but that's uh that's where it all started, I would say. Yeah.
0: And so, which I think is super neat, kind of that, that area between sixth and eighth grade, because like you said, you know, the competition wasn't always the best. So you find yourself, would you say you find yourself competing with yourself for a a little bit there? Like, oh my gosh, you know, and, and what I thought was super cool about what you just said, two cases like, yeah, I got this medal, That makes me want to do it again. Like that makes me want to go, which I think is super, super fascinating because a lot of times you don't hear that. Um, But I'm going to stick with kind of the friend group theme here. Golf is not a sport that, uh, you know, a lot of the guys in our friend group played. I mean, none of them. And so you kind of went off and did your own thing. Did Did you ever think about that, that like this was kind of your own Journey in that you weren't yeah. gonna be playing with any of them and you're gonna have uh, to kinda of go I, all in with it?
1: Yeah, so so obviously our friends like Corn Dog and Corn Dog played them the three major sports and Nate and <laughs> played uh, baseball and football and 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 log even played football yeah, and baseball, baseball. And all like our friend group played most of the major sports. And right. like yourself, we played basketball and uh cross country. Like we weren't together. I wasn't with anyone in, in our class. Mm-hmm. I was I was the only person in my class that in our class that was, I was the only freshman on the freshman yeah. golf or on the golf team. And it was just something where I knew that I had a, like I had a skill that was, that was beyond people, I, I would say. And, and it yeah. was just something I had to stick with because it wasn't about like the friendships that I made. Like I could make new friendships and I have I yeah. made new friendships with, with a bunch of people, but mm-hmm. it's, it's more of like, I do this well and I enjoy it. So I'm going right. to do it. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, so you get into high school and you kind of do form that brotherhood with guys like you said, uh, Peyton, Zane, Shirky, all great guys. Shout out to them. Uh, when did you kind of like really get comfortable with that? Because I mean, those four years lasted forever, you guys were great. I mean, all four years. Yeah, that for you, and then you kind of had a couple years with Peyton and Zane, and then a couple with Shirky, and then even, I would say, Nolan Kidston, too, who was on that team. Right. Like You guys were right. kind of a fun-knit group there for a while. Uh, when did when, How did you feel when that all kind of came into place and that run got started for you?
1: All right, so I'll, I'll go through year by year. All right. Give it to us. Through high school. So freshman year, I didn't know any of the guys. I played like two rounds with Shirky and Peyton. I mean, I knew Connor Shirky, obviously, and I knew Peyton Lamberson. But um, I say that those are the two main guys that were, that were with me the whole time. And I felt like I stepped up first practice freshman year. I was a skinny little kid, six foot tall, probably super skinny. And, and the first hole I played our coach Bernath at the time, this is what it was. He's like, Oh, right, let's have the freshmen go out first. And everyone was watching me. First hole, it was a tee shot, number 10 at striker for those who, are, who know. <laughs> and, uh, I smoked it right down the middle, and, and I could hear some whispers in the back yeah. of the people behind me. And these go. guys, and they're like, "This kid is, could be good. good. It has to be good." And, and I go <laughs> up with Bernath, and we get to the hole. Or I'm I'm close to the green. I chip up, and I actually birdied the first hole. And uh, and it, I felt like that was that was like a a fire. It started a fire in yeah. me. Yeah, felt felt good You've to do arrived. something well in front of these older guys. Yeah, and um, that's awesome. And then throughout my freshman year, I be, I mean I came we became good friends with with Peyton and, and Connor and and I was getting nervous I was getting nervous in matches like big matches I would say and uh, and I was like I asked Peyton he because you know Peyton Lamberson he's a chill he like so relaxed <laughs> yeah so he not care how do you how do you stay so relaxed <laughs> and he told me he said he said uh, I just sing a song in my head oh god. <laughs> And and it worked. It worked. I I was so I was so ner- like my mind game was really poor. Yeah. And uh, and he's like, I just sing a song to distract me. And uh, I started doing that, and I, I just started playing a lot better.
0: Can Can I ask? Can, what was the song? Yeah. What was the song?
1: Uh, Peyton told me what you know what the song was. It was a bank account by 20. Oh. We we listened to that all my my, uh, oh my freshman and sophomore year. We'd always listen to it, and and I, I would just sing that in my head, and and uh, oh my goodness, and it, it just it just worked. I felt like it worked. I had a I had a I was distracted by that. I would say yeah. I mean that was the song I'd sing most of the time, but sometimes something else is stuck in my head. But and then come sophomore year, I was more comfortable with everyone around because I mean we had a year under our belt, mm-hmm. and then from End of golf to the next year, we were I was friends with these guys the yeah. whole time. We'd have, we'd go to Sugar's and play cards, or we'd go to Peyton's and play cards, something like that. And uh, I just became really good friends with them. And then my sophomore year it was the same group. We lost one senior, Owen Beaver. I don't know if you know who that was, but oh yeah, shout senior. out Owen
0: Beaver. He, he went to Ball State, so shout out yeah, shout out yeah. to Owen Beaver.
1: And uh, sophomore year, I was the same group of guys, and we were so tight. We were really yeah. Super close, and that's when Nolan Kidston came on as a freshman, and he became he like filled in the role. I felt like that was the year. The, the year before, that was the and, year. And uh, and we made it out. Uh, or we had a we had a really good year. I think we got second at the league, and um, to Archibald, obviously, and those guys were uh, our rivals the whole time. And but we we got it was like an early exit like it was a 15-2 upset i would say in the sectional tournament we didn't make it out and it was devastating because we just had so many guys that were good and it was just it just kind of failed us as a mm-hmm. team but i think my sophomore year i was i made it out to the district tournament as an individual and um, that district tournament i played horribly i think i was so nervous yeah. because i didn't have any of my guys by my side like with me you know it was something there was something about other people playing on your team sure. with you that uh that just let it, like calmed you down a little bit and i was real nervous to be like an individual by myself and um and then fo- that following year uh, i came back and i uh i went to mike rosebrook who is archibald's head coach golf coach mm-hmm. and he was he was like uh i just want to help kids in golf he's like i don't yeah. care you play for brian and we made so many swing changes like i was i became a better golfer because i would never taken a lesson in my life other than my dad like just tell me yeah. to do this do this and i i got actual lessons and and um it was just it was a huge step in, in yeah. my golf career, I would say. And that junior year, Sh- Connor Shirky, it was Connor. He was a senior, and myself, I, we were probably the best one-two punch in the state. Mm-hmm. Like it was insane what what we did. And he, because he was he was better than me, his senior year than my than I was in my junior year, and that was that was something else that we we like to say where I like to chase him instead yeah. of chasing the field because we were so close. We would we'd go back and forth each tournament or each match. And it was stuff like that, that it, and also, like I said, I made a swing change. I was a lot better golfer than I was my junior year or from my sophomore year to my junior year. And this also, we had guys coming in below us that I was more of a leader type because I was an classroom. And uh, Shirky and I, we were, we were just like, I would say we were one two. People, people were afraid of us. I don't almost yeah. want to say that just because we, you were, guys so, we were, were so. We're
0: Tiger out. You guys were Tiger yeah. Woods out there. They'd hear the roars on the back nine. Yeah, yeah.
1: absolutely. We'd always yeah. We would if, it, if him <laughs> and I were the one and two guy. I'd be going to a match and both both sets of our grandparents would be out there. Yeah. All our parents would be out there. Just <laughs> us. Crowd. And that was fun. But the thing that from my junior year to my senior year, the thing that made me who I am today was my mental game. I was, mm. a bad, I was a bad player mentally yeah. up until my junior year, and and I, I flipped a switch because I knew I could do certain things with – with uh, I knew how to – like I still do, I know how to draw a ball or, or cut a ball around a tree or hit a stinger, like some people say, but it was knowing what to do, when to do it, and not being flustered that a bogey comes or, or a double bogey happens here or there. You just have to – like Coach Heward said back, we just got to flush it and move yeah. on. Yeah. And that was something I, I was like dwelling on old holes or past holes. Sure. And, uh, and that's that's where that's where who I am today, like I'm still a very, very good golf ball striker, I would say yeah. and, and player of the game. I can still make putts here and there and it's just crazy that what how mentally sharp I am now than, compared to what I was and it's just it's just a wild, yeah. wild uh, for sure. Change, I would
0: say. Yeah. And so, what I think is so neat about everything that you just said, their case is people do not understand that how much of a team sport golf is uh, right. in high school. Like, right. obviously, because, you know, obviously, when you just get together with a bunch of guys and go out to a golf course, you know, it's individual. You're not working with a team. Right. But the minute you make those five scores, you know, the varsity team, right. and you put it into a competition, it becomes a team sport. And so I think I think that's something people don't really realize is that, yeah, yeah. you know, you're competing with yourself a lot, yes, but you're, you have a team and you're competing against other teams and you want to see your team succeed and there's a lot of things that go into that. Um, so the other sport you did, we'll, we'll come back to golf in a second, but um, the other sport you did was tennis and that's where we share a lot of memories. Tell me how tennis started for you. How, how did you yeah. – what made you want to do it and – talk about so some of the improvements I started you my
1: saw. sophomore year yeah. of high school because freshman year i just i wanted to take right i i wanted to take a break for some reason i would look hindsight 2020 i wish i would have played tennis my freshman year uh but what helped me was was you caleb like you said you you this is what kind of where you went out of your comfort zone you didn't have any many friends besides colt i think right yeah In i'm a tennis. freshman year yeah and and you went out of your comfort zone and, and you said it was a lot of fun. And I remember coming to a few match or a few matches and
0: Yeah.
1: It was just a lot of fun to watch and and I remember like I could hit a tennis ball here and there and I could serve stuff like that. And going into my sophomore year, I'm like, I think I want to play tennis. Like we got people that, that I know and it'll be a lot of fun. And um, and it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun because because one of the people but also we won a lot of yeah. matches yeah and and that was that was something where i feel like i feel like coach keel and coach Ellens were a huge part of that because yeah. they created a culture almost the sure. brotherhood the brotherhood yeah but yeah it was it was something where like i just i felt like i i needed to do something else and, and, it, yeah. and it, it was the greatest choice i've ever made. Like, it was so
0: much fun. The, I think, if I remember correctly, because you kind of just brought it back to me. Was it when, uh, I think it was 2017, so it was our freshman year, okay. spring of 2017. I'm going to take you back here. Um, it was the same, I was just hanging out with you and I think someone else, and it was when Villanova was playing Wisconsin in the second round of the NCAA tournament. We were keeping up with that. Yeah. And, and Wisconsin won. And we were at the tennis court that day playing. And I remember yeah, you I get remember like that. super fiery and competitive and was <laughs> I don't know. That's probably one of the many moments where you're like, maybe I want to do tennis. But that was during our yeah. freshman year. So yeah, it
1: was I I just think I remember the thing that made me want to do it was was I went to a couple matches and, and you guys are having so much fun. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I can do this. I think it'd be a lot of fun. And, and it turned out to be a oh, hell of a
0: lot of fun well the best thing about the those things were for me at least was like it didn't matter what personality you had on that team I mean you could have hey. had any personality and it just fits it just falls into place somehow like yeah. it doesn't matter how you act you know who you are where you came from like if you're yeah. there you fit in and that, that's what made it so good for me um so let me ask you this I, 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 to wrap up the tennis part of it we'll just touch on it but give me your top three most hated opponents in, t- in your oh. tennis time now the welch brothers i don't know if they count as two or one that's i'll let you say up.
1: i will say the welch brothers are, are number one they're the guys that that put us to, that was a, that was our last match in they ended our career last last night i I saw a guy with the Ottawa Glendorf tennis sweatshirt uh. I went up to him and I asked him, I said, do you know the Welch bros? He's like, how do you know them? No. And I told him, I said, we, uh, they beat us in the district in a district final. And uh, I think those those guys. Uh, <laughs> they're one. Yeah. And then. Um,
0: There's a guy on Wauseon. Oh, oh they're,
1: they're When we, I think I was playing with Reese actually. You were playing third singles, and we played Anthony Wayne our junior year. Yeah, that little kid. Those guys, those guys were making them. The, the little kid, and then calls. that double. I think we had to call bad. we had to call Meyer over to be a line <laughs> judge. We called someone over, but they were that was upset. <laughs> bad. Us. He asked. He I asked. Think, no, we played together, didn't we? Yeah, we. Reese lost to Levi. The little Not short kid. If he's listening.
0: <laughs> and no, the best part of playing those that uh, Anthony Wayne doubles team is we called one out, and he said he asked by how much.
1: I'm like, yeah. What do you it want us about, to do? Yeah, like, what, like, what do you even say? Like, <laughs> oh man, and I can't, then I don't know. And then J. Uh, J. Crew. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Guys, know. <laughs> yeah, the guys from Wasian, <laughs> who played with, I think was it you and I, or was it Reese and I? When we played in Defiance, it was about our junior year. So it was the, I think it was us. But we played uh, Tristan, Tristan and, and, Sam. and Sam. Sam was the guy yeah, I was thinking of it. And uh, I felt like we we put up a good fight, but We they did. they were just too good. They were just we too did. good for us. Um, but so yeah, I would say I would say the the uh, the Wells doubles throws, teams that, that just stings a little bit, yeah. and then the Anthony anyway, Wade kids too. But yeah,
0: um, so let, let's wrap things up for you here what are you doing now at Ohio state with golf? Because you've been doing kind of some crazy things there. You've continued right. kind of your career a little bit. The first thing I want to know is like, tell us about what you've been doing uh, joining the golf club there. And then also I want to know, do you think you're better now than you were in high school? Cause I feel that way with like basketball at some points right. when I go play.
1: Yeah. So uh, I joined my, so 2020 my freshman year we, there was no club golf team because because the covid stuff and uh, and so the fall of so 2021 spring i joined the club golf team played in a couple of tournaments and uh, they didn't go great i played i played one really well and uh the other ones it was cold in this in the spring and and uh but it, it was a lot of fun i i enjoyed it and and it was. I made a lot of friends. I actually made really good friends with a, a couple guys from Miami's team, Miami, Ohio. And uh, we're still friends to this day. And just can, in the spring, there were tournaments. I think I played two of them. I got second and I got to a guy from Miami. The guy, one of the guys I like. And that just proved that I, I can compete with, with other guys, not from Northwest Ohio, but just from everywhere in this Ohio Valley region. But, um, and then, we went to Nationals. Our team made it to Nationals in New Jersey, and I plummeted. I was playing so bad. I, I had a, like a case of the duck hooks, I would say. And I was just hooking everything. I couldn't get anything in play or hit have any good shots. I think I shot 80 and 85. And then come in the fall, uh, this 2021 fall, I played in two tournaments, I think. Two, maybe one, maybe two. Yeah, the first one, I think I shot one under both days,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that just it just feels good to me when when you play well. Obviously, yeah. everyone feels good, but to shoot back to back days consistently at a seventy one, and it just proved that I could compete with the guys. And then I went to the national tournament in in Hilton Head, and um, the last fall, and it it was I shot a seventy seven on the first day, and that was upsetting to me. I felt upset yeah. because I had a, a stretch of three holes where I was six over or five over, and, and that's what I was for the day. I was five over for the day, and and it, it upset me. But like I said, I, I moved on. Like I told you, my mental game is is peak point right now. Yeah. And I just I just flushed it, because those are like my first four holes, I think three of my first four holes. And then I just continued. I shot even the rest of the day. And the next day we played. Um, I shot one under on the day and I finished ninth in the nation, which was incredible. awesome. Yeah. And what that did was it propelled me to have been the, the lowest average or whatever for this fall. And I was, I was ranked number one in the nation for club golf. And it was just such a cool thing to yeah. like, I don't want to brag to that. I don't want oh, to say that, but such a please cool thing to you to deserve to brag. That's incredible. Yeah, I, I, it's something to hold to, to my name. And, yeah. And, uh, and it's just so cool to to have that title, I guess. Yeah. And then just a couple of weeks ago, we started with the spring season, and it was twenty. It was thirty-five degrees the first day, and it was twenty-five the second. And this, and the first day, I I shot a, a sixty-eight, I think, is what it was. And I was just I was just hitting greens. I was I had yeah. so many birdie looks, and a couple of them fell. And that's what it was. That's what it yeah. took me to shoot that. But Second day, it was so cold. I had my Carhartt bibs on, <laughs> and uh, and I uh, I shot a 75 maybe, somewhere around there, and it was good enough to win the tournament. That was my first win in club golf, so that's cool. Also a good thing to hold. But um, this week, I got a tournament in Kentucky this weekend, and then actually I don't think I can go to the Nationals because I got an accounting exam that Damn, morning. that's too so, bad. But, but but I'm looking forward to this weekend, and, yeah. and I think uh, I think we, uh, as a team we have a good team too. But that's cool. As an individual, it's it's awesome to compete against these guys yeah. from from Cincy, from Kentucky, uh, OU, uh, Miami. Mm-hmm. as well. That's really cool. All the, just all the, all these air, all these guys in the area. Yes, yeah. it's a cool thing. To a broader spectrum, I guess. Of
0: people. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Some great stuff there, Case. Really appreciate you being open and honest. It was really, really great stuff. Uh, We're going to move into this or that. Really excited about these questions. Really really interested to see what happens. This is where everybody gets put on the hot seat here. Uh, There's no hiding. This is, uh, as Hubert Davis would say, it's live action. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to start here. Top three master's moments or... Your top three favorite golfers ever.
1: I I will go with I will go with um my top three golfers ever. Okay. Um. Well, this this is also uh, a thing that. Hold up! Let me, I gotta show you here my background to my phone is my my favorite golfer ever it's uh Ricky Fowler yeah. give me a signature at the at the um at the memorial i went to a practice round and before that ricky was my guy i loved ricky i loved the orange and, and yeah. all these vibrant colors and that's how i got into ricky and and uh he just i obviously he almost changed the game for me like i i would watch ricky i would watch ricky get into this stuff and uh and he broke through with the win at the Players, and I remember, I remember that day. It was Mother's Day. He won the Players, and LeBron hit the uh, corner three against versus the Chicago. Bulls. Yeah, I remember that day just because it was such a special <laughs> yeah. day. and I just cool. love—I loved Ricky, and I still love him. But he's—he's like—he's fallen off almost. He doesn't—he's mm. not the way he used to be. And a guy that, like, when Ricky fell, a guy that came up would was Brooks was Brooks Kepka and, and that's, I love him now. I love Brooks. I love his mentality towards the game about how he, I don't want to say like, he doesn't care, but he thrives in the majors. Like he yeah. is like the only, I remember him saying like his the game only time is before the majors because I mean, he, uh, he, he just lives for that moment. And I, I just love watching him play. I think his games, his game's really good. And, um, I would say my third favorite golfer ever is probably Tiger.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, how can you not re- how can you exactly. not love Tiger? I mean, he just because when I was little, I mean, when we were all little, everyone that was Tiger. Tiger won everything, yeah. and it was so cool. I think got my first little hat was a Tiger Woods hat, and I got I got a pair of Nike golf shoes when I was in <laughs> first grade, I think. But uh, it, was, it was Tiger. He, he changed the game for everybody, yeah. I think. And, Absolutely. And uh, that's, it's special. Like, we were talking earlier, it's special just to see, like, how many people are watching him or how many people are excited for him to play. Like, my whole yeah. Twitter feed is Tiger right, right now. My whole Instagram feed is Tiger right now. And it's just crazy how about how he's just changed the game forever.
0: Moving on. The happiest you've ever been on the golf course, or the happiest you've ever been on the tennis court? <sighs>
1: That's tough. That's these tough. ones, these uh, ones are
0: good. I'm telling you,
1: <laughs> it's great. I'll say, I'll say, um, I'll say on the golf course because okay. I'm a tennis court. We uh there were so many like similar things yeah. that we had and, and, and none no, no <laughs> of them were that much distinct yeah. from the rest. Right. But just a quick shout out to the tennis was would probably be when we got when we got past sectionals to yeah. the district. That uh, you were That was that was a good good feeling out uh-huh. in the cold at Defiance College. Yeah. But I would say the happiest I've ever been on the golf course was was either I made a putt in the district in a district playoff to go to state in front of my in front of a ton of people, my whole family. Um, it was just a it was a surreal feeling, and I think the best part about it was I I had an easy chip to the hole, and I kind of I kind of caught a little ground. I left it about ten feet short. But I had to read in my head. I had a good. I put a good putt on it, and right when I hit it, I, I raised the putter. I knew it was going in, and, and that was such a good feeling in the in the soul. And everyone was cheering for me, mm-hmm. and I, I just felt joyous after. I said that was probably the happiest I've ever been.
0: Um, I'm actually gonna do something groundbreaking for this last one here. <laughs> I'm gonna give you a third option, okay? Because you know, right. the first question was rankings, and so are these, but I want to give you an option to tell a story if you want it. You don't have to, but you you can if you want to. So top three dude perfect videos ever. Okay, that's, three, right. that's the first one. Top three announcing booths in sports. Okay, that's or the last one, explain how you broke your arm in Norlick when we were like oh, man. 10 years old. Because you, when you said you broke your arm, because that was the second time you broke your arm, I had yeah. totally forgotten about the first the first time. So you have the option to tell that too. You Don't have to.
1: Um, man, I'll uh, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go announcing it, but okay. I'll tell a little story about, about the arm wrap. Okay, yeah, sounds good. Um, because we talk about this all the time. All the I time. Enjoy, I enjoy let me let me say it, it.
0: Let me say it because. Our Twitter DMs, probably like 60% of it, you know, we send funny tweets to each other all the time. But 60% of it is like announcer calls, news about announcers, moving booths, like just all that stuff. Because we love talking about that.
1: All right. I'll I'll work my way up from three to one to give a little suspense for the people. But I would say my number three group or group of guys would be, let me think here. I would say it's Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreit. Yeah, I think I think Chris They're Fowler great. does a great job. Obviously, we yeah. talk about that all the time. And uh, Herbie's always he's so neutral, even even in the Ohio State games or the Clemson right. games because kids play at Clemson. But Herbie's so neutral, and Chris Fowler just has a great call after a great call here they and miss there. Miss him
0: saying lave, but yeah, <laughs> try to forget a, about that's that. What we
1: talk about. <laughs> and then I would say number two would be. Gus Johnson and, and Joel Klatt. Another great one. I think uh, I think Gus is just so electric here. Every uh, every big play, every here and there, and and, and you got these these memorable calls like J T. bang. <laughs> and, and uh, I, the one that sticks out to me this year was uh, it was in the Minnesota game. Stroud threw it over the or to Wilson, and it was an easy touchdown. And he said, "Over the middle." Then he goes touchdown, Bucks. And that that was just something that <laughs> that's stuck. That's just in. him
0: to a T. Yeah, right that's there.
1: just him being being Gus and, <laughs> and uh, he just has so many memorable things. But this is this is gonna make some people mad. But I oh, I know what's right. coming. Our Joe Buck and Troy Aikman.
0: Shout out, Mr. Smith, the old Bryan <laughs> High School sub, because I know he's not gonna like this.
1: Uh, <laughs> Joe Buck, I. I just we, him, people hate on Joe Buck and and For no there's reason. no reason. I just think he's so good and yep. and he like he makes so many memorable calls and Aikman's good as well. And it'll be interesting, but to see what they have in the uh, ESPN booth this this yeah. uh, upcoming fall. I but it was just so I was looking so forward to look at the, at those games at four twenty five on a, oh. on a Sunday afternoon and we'll see at Lambo or or in New Orleans mostly, but yeah in,
0: in Dallas, like yeah, awesome. yeah we'll see we'll see how it goes though because that means he's we were talking about this the other day he's not going to be doing the world, the ALCS NLCS yeah. or World Series like because he's gone from Fox now so i'm, I'm kind of disappointed to see that cuz i did always like when he'd come on at the end of the year yeah. and do the baseball yeah, I, but
1: it was crazy what he did and uh like this fall we i saw tweets about it how he went from the the AL or the NLCS to the to Thursday night football, and then Friday there was another game, and then he called a game on Sunday. It was just wild what yeah. he does. He, he's so good at, at everything he does, I feel like, and that's why I have him number one.
0: So but, give me give me your kind of little short story on the arm for to, to right, kind of so wrap I, this thing arm,
1: up. The arm, I, I was staying the night at Caleb's. Uh, it was September 11th. <laughs> it, was. Like it was. Like it was September 11th, dude. And uh, the next morning – We went for a bike ride, I think, around around Norlick, and I don't know if we were trying to race or something, or or I was trying to catch up, and uh, I just my left foot, I think, slipped off the pedal, and I just tumbled over the bike, and my arm was it was like bent at a little angle, and I like like, took my hand and straightened out, and I told Caleb, I was like, I think my broke my arm, like I started crying, and I went back to the to the house, and I I think I used Betsy's phone to call (laughs) my dad, and. And uh, we came and, but yeah, that was, it was just. I still have like a vivid picture of what yeah. my arm like, what like a uh, looked like when I when I crashed. I got right. up, but yeah, man, that was yeah, it was brutal. You've had your fair share of bad injury look over the years. Yeah, I had a good amount. Yeah, and so but. that 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 was kind of the start
0: of it, which I'm sorry for that all that happened. <laughs> but um, great stuff, case. Anybody want to shout out as we sign off today?
1: Um. I'll shout out – I'll shout out my dad. I'll make him okay. listen to this. Yes, sir. He'll, he'll hear it, but I'll shout out my dad uh, just because – I'll shout out my parents, I guess, yeah. but dad just got me into into what we what we talked about today, the golf and, and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So I'll shout out Scott and uh, the Saints too.
0: I'm going to shout out Yaya and Grandpa Stevie because this summer they're going to teach me how to cook – and we yeah. just talked about that yesterday and I'm I call it the Rook Cooks 2022 and so I'm going on a cooking campaign and I'm going to learn how to make food for myself and they're going to help me because I have no idea how so I wanted to That's slide that in there um <laughs> anything else you got before we sign off man this was really fun and, I, and I'm really appreciate no, I, I, you coming on I don't on.
1: have anything else I, I had a great time Gil I appreciate you uh, having me on I always wanted to come on but yeah Uh, I think this week is the perfect week for it. Right,
0: exactly. And down the road, you know, after we have Corndog on and Nate on, we can all come on sometime. We'll have to make that happen for sure. It'll be a good
1: time. (laughs) All right. Uh,
0: For Case, for me, uh, signing off, thanks for listening, everybody. Go follow us on Instagram and Twitter. And until next time, we'll see you on Indiana Drive. Have a good one, everybody.